Good evening and thank you so much for joining us on this Monday. You're watching the nine at night. I'm Stefania Jimenez and tonight we begin with a search for a driver who hit and killed a man as he was riding his bike. San Antonio police say that it happened just after one o'clock this morning along Old Highway 90, which is on the west side. SAPD says that the man was riding his bicycle along the road in the grass when someone in an unknown vehicle drove off the road and just hit him. That cyclist died at the scene. Officers say the driver did not stop to help him. So imagine this. You're sitting in your home when all of a sudden you get shot. That's what happened to a man just before 1 a.m. on Eisenhower Road near Mid Crown, which is on the northeast side. Officers say the victim was inside his apartment when someone opened fire from the parking lot just outside of his apartment. That man was hit in the stomach, taken to the hospital. We are told he's doing okay. Police say the suspect got away in a dark colored vehicle. Investigators also looking for the person who shot and killed a woman at a bar. San Antonio police say that it happened around midnight. That bar is along the 1500 block of South Gever Street. Officers say that two groups of people got into a fight inside that bar, then got kicked out. And once they were outside, police say a man fired shots at a car, which then hit and killed 27 year old Samantha Gonzalez, who was inside. Witnesses told police the shooter drove away quickly, so no one got a good look at the person who opened fire. So this right here, yeah, not how you want to start your work week. A driver plowed into a well-known San Antonio restaurant this morning. Happened around 2.30 in the 1400 block of Bandera Road. San Antonio police say the driver lost control of his vehicle and then crashed into Fred's fish fry. Nobody got hurt, but police did take the driver into custody on suspicion of DWI. So in other news, you probably dread going to the grocery store every week and once again, seeing how expensive food is. So you know just how important it is to track local prices. And that's exactly what 12 on your size Marilyn Moritz did. She tells us which items are pricier and which ones have actually gotten cheaper. Aisle after aisle, shoppers face price shock and tough decisions. The meats, the meat, the beef. Michael McCall manages, but he has a family of five to feed. Just for four pork chops, it's like it's almost $10. Meat and potatoes, apples and bananas, even frozen pizza night. Food is costing more. For months, we've been tracking the prices on the exact same 48 items. What we found confirms what you've been feeling in your wallet. The same cart of groceries that cost $224 last December and $239 in June now costs $248, nearly $9 more in just three months. Gas prices may have plummeted since June, but that's not trickled down to the kitchen table. The transportation fuel is only one part of getting that food produced and getting it to the store. Agriculture economist David Anderson says feed prices, the war in Ukraine, drought and the avian flu are all pushing food prices up at the same time. Our price check shows just since June, Eggs jumped another 7%. Raisin Bran Crunch is up nearly 12%. Bread up more than 12%. And orange juice, 21% more. Foodflation is hitting every aisle, every meal. Frozen corn up 8%. Chicken thighs up nearly 13%. And a can of chili beans, it's up nearly 32%. So when will shoppers catch a break? Well, I think we will see some of these prices continue to moderate. Uh, 
just over the next few months. He says just don't expect pre-pandemic food prices. And check this out. A few groceries actually cost less than they did in early summer. Milk, ground sirloin, and it's even a bit easier to bring home the bacon. Marilyn Moritz, KSET 12 News. So you know what that means? It may be time to grill those bacon cheeseburgers because the weather is actually a lot milder too. Here's meteorologist Sarah Spivey with your forecast. Well, good evening. A cool front did move through today and it allowed for humidity to be lower and you'll really feel the lower humidity, especially in the morning. Here's your bus stop forecast for your Tuesday. If you're dropping off the kids early tomorrow, they may even need a light sweater. 64 degrees northeast winds at 5 to 15. Picking up the kids, it's still going to be warm. 91 for the high temperature, but low humidity It'll, will make it a dry heat. Now coming up on the night beat, we're going to talk about low temperatures in your neighborhoods and we'll have an update on Hurricane Ian. Hope to see you there. Okay, so you heard cooler temperatures and you know it's not cold weather just yet, but that is coming, my friends. And a new community initiative wants to make sure that needy families are ready for that. So this morning on the steps of City Hall, council members and other community organizations announced the Coats for Kids drive. That goal is to get 15,000 coats for kids and they'd go to families below the poverty line. District 5 Councilwoman Terry Castillo says that those coats are going to go a long way in helping children at home, but also in the classroom. We know that when students have their basic needs met, they are successful. And when you have a student who's in the classroom cold and shivering, that means that they're not paying attention because they're, they're, they're trying to get warm, right? Um, so we know that when students have their basic needs met, such as a coat to keep warm in the classroom or outside during recess, that they're, they are going to be more successful and that they're having those basic needs met and they're not trying to worry about the feeling of being cold rather than paying attention to what's being discussed in the classroom. That's a good point. Now, Councilwoman Castillo says that once all of those coats are collected, an artist is going to create a portrait of a student using all of the coats. So we definitely look forward to seeing that and, of course, bringing you that image. So I have a question now. Have you ever thought about your family history or even where your ancestors came from? Because one local organization wants to help. It wants to expand awareness and knowledge of Hispanic heritage, and its members spoke with our own Erica Hernandez. Generation after generation of family history can be found in this office off West Commerce Street. Since 1983, Los Becareños Genealogical and Historical Society have been helping others discover and research their family history. They could just walk in here just knowing names of their parents, maybe some date of births, marriages, any information they had available, and we could find a way to get them started. Los Becareños president Barbara Chavez and member Corky Rubio say the organization has a room full of documents, books, and other sources that date as far back as the 1700s. We have a lot of families who are very, very old here, and not just since the uh, Spanish came, but the indigenous people that lived here and how they intermarried. In San Antonio, there's so many people with the same common name, right? Hernandez, Garcia, things like that. So it's really about researching and finding the proof of who your ancestors were. I myself was surprised right away one of the first books I opened included some history about the Hernandez family and its ties to San Antonio and South Texas. But it's so much more than just the DNA and, and it's more of 
the stories you find along the way. And now the group wants future generations to understand their roots and history. That San Antonio is a very rich city in, in, our, in our culture and in our history. And this is how we are going to protect it so that it goes on to the next generation and the following generations. If you're interested in looking into your family history, Los Becareños office is open Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. You could also visit their website, losbecareños.org. Erica Hernandez, KSAT 12 News. Now we do want you to stick around because coming up on the night beat after the game, we're going to talk about officers. They help us when we need them, but who helps them? Well, tonight we'll discuss the effort to provide mental health assistance to law enforcement officers when they need it most. And before we go, we have to tell you about a first here because police in Massachusetts collared a critter on the lamb after a seal on the loose, a seal out of town. 30 minutes north of Boston literally turned itself turned itself in. OK, so we want to show you that security footage because it captured the seal just waddling up to that police station. Now people had seen it around town all week. A group of officers made the catch of the day. Ha ha and sent the seal for observation before it's re-released into the wild. And they even sealed the deal by changing their department seal to a seal. Kind of cute. And just like that, we're out of time. The 9 at 9 returns tomorrow. Have a lovely night. We'll see you tomorrow.